0: wanda odom to the lord's house this morning we are just so honored charlisa and mike so honored to have you guys today and uh, it's just what a surprise when i looked up and saw them coming through the door my day just got better already amen whether i preach good or not it's going to be a good day amen all right before i start let's just just a little bit more adjustment i'm really loud somewhere so maybe turn me down everywhere and maybe out there. I don't want to be too loud for you. Listen, I've, already, I've told you this story before, but I've just got to tell you again because it just goes along with what I want to talk about today. And uh, listen, Chippy, you know, I know Chippy, Chippy the parakeet. Chippy was the happiest bird you have ever seen. Chippy woke up every morning and chirped and Chippy sang and Chippy talked and Chippy just had the best attitude. Chippy had the best outlook on life and Chippy was just I mean he was the tops. He had the uh, his personality was big and strong and he just knew life was great. But one day the problem started when Chippy's owner decided to clean out his cage. Chippy, his owner, began to clean out the cage and she decided to use the vacuum. And so she began to clean but she took the end off of the vacuum and she stuck the hose in and she began to vacuum out the cage. All is going well until the telephone rings. As the telephone rang, the owner looked away to, to get the phone, and when she did, she raised up the hose, swoop, sucked Chippy right up. The owner was horrified. She dropped the phone, turned off the vacuum, unzipped the, the bag, pulled out the bag, ripped it open, and there was Chippy. Coughing and sputtering, covered in dust, the owner said, oh, no, and quickly rushed Chippy to the bathroom where she turned on the water and stuck Chippy under the water. The water's now flowing over Chippy, getting all the dust and sit off, but Chippy can't breathe, and Chippy's drowning. The owner pulled Chippy out and immediately grabbed the hairdryer. Turned it on and began to blow Chippy dry. A few days later, that same person that had called on the phone when all of this tragedy struck. Called and said, I just wanted to check on Chippy. How is Chippy doing? And the owner said, well, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. It doesn't chirp much anymore. It's not very hard to believe when you've been sucked up, washed out, and blown up how you could lose your song. It's quick to lose your chirp when life strikes you suddenly. But I want to talk to you today for a few minutes on going from pouting To shouting. Oh, listen, we all know about pouting, don't we? We know what it is to pout, but listen, if you doubt and pout, you'll do without. Oh, I don't want to do without. Listen, it's time today we're going to get our attitude right. Maybe you feel like tippy and you've been sucked up, washed out, blown up. But I'm telling you, God wants to restore your song, restore your chirp, restore your joy. He wants to get you out of that pouting situation and get you into a shouting lifestyle. Can I get an amen? So turn your Bibles this morning to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter number 13 young man came out of college Bible school and went to preach at a church and he told everybody to turn to Psalm. one of the deacons called up the the school and said hey we had one of your Bible students at our church this week and He pronounced psalms, psalm. The dean of students said, well, sir, how much did you pay him? He said, oh, well, we gave him an offering of $25. The dean said, well, sir, all of our $25 preachers say (laughs) psalm. Psalm chapter 13 Begins out with, how long, O Lord? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever said, Lord, how long is this going to last? How long am I going to have to put up with this situation? How long am I going to have to endure this hardship? We have all asked that question, how long? And not a lot of us get the answer to it. But I want to answer it today. How long will it take? It'll take as long as it takes. And when it's over, you'll know it. And he that endures to the end shall be saved. Now, I'm not sure how long it'll be between the beginning and the end, but I do know this, it came to pass. It didn't come to stay. This is just a season. It's not going to be forever. But when we go through trials and tribulations and we feel like Chippy getting sucked up in the vacuum, it can seem like an eternity when you're in the midst of the circumstance. And David is no different. Though he has been anointed to be king, though he has been running, he is a conqueror. Yet he is an outcast. God's got his hand upon him, but his kingdom hasn't been fulfilled. Listen, between the calling and the fulfilling, there can be some time. And there can be some struggle. And there can be some learning and there can be some training and there can be some ups and some downs. But I'm telling you, don't skip out on the process because it is the process uh, that takes you from a shepherd to a king. You look at people in the world. You 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 look at athletes. You look at uh, 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 the Hollywood. You look at anybody in any circumstance, and you look at them and you go, "Man, it looks like they have it all. They have it made." I mean, here they were. Uh, they were just doing this menial job. They were right here, and all of a sudden, something happened and changed, and they were an overnight success. They went from poverty to riches, and you watch their life. And most of the time, it's sad. Failure after failure, mistake. They usually lose their wealth. They're unhappy. Multiple divorces. Children that won't speak. I mean, they're like, and you go, why is it that that happens? I'll tell you why. Because they skipped the process. There's a process in life. God has called you to be kings. And queens, he's called you amen, to greatness, but you can't go from a shepherd to a king overnight. Because a shepherd doesn't know how to rule. A shepherd knows how to tend sheep. But it's the process of Running. It's the process of being hunted. It's the process of being in a cave. It's a process of tears and trials and tribulations and conquering. It's the process of conquering the lion and the bear that allows you to conquer the giant. Because if you skip the lion and the bear, when you face the giant, you do not have the faith to say... I killed a lion, I killed a bear, and I'll kill you too. You look at that big situation and you go, what am I going to do? It is the process of little victories along the way that prepare you for the big one. But when we're in the process, oh, the process is not fun. I should have sent this picture to you, Pastor. Last night, I so identify. It was a grocery store. Get the picture in your mind. There is this big monster muscle man. I mean, he's got muscles on muscles. And the caption says, this is me and my future. but I don't like a brown shirt. And then my eyes went from the muscle man to the little old frail man standing behind him in the brown shirt. <laughs> I, said, I started to send that to you and say, this is my future. Everybody wants the muscle, but they don't like the process. Because the process hurts. And the process makes you sore. Yeah. But what do we like? The results. But you can't get the results without putting in the work. David has ups and downs and failures and faults and we look at him and we go, man, why, why was he an example? Yet with all that he did, God said he's a man after my own heart. Why? Not because he never failed, but because he was quick to repent and declare his reliance on God. David said, Lord, how long? Everybody say that with me. How long? Will you forget me forever? What? God forgot him? God forgot about him? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And every day have sorrow in my heart? Uh, If if y'all didn't know, this is the pouting. We're in the pouting stage. We've all been there. Some of you were there this morning when you got up. I, got, I can't believe i got to go to church. I can't believe I, got, I stayed up too late. You pouted all the way to church. How long is he going to preach? Oh, no, that wasn't there. Hold on. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. Now, man, does that sound like a king? I mean, here we've got a whiny, pouty two-year-old. Mama won't give me my candy before I eat. How long, oh Lord, am I going to have to deal with this? How long am I going to have to put up with these people? How long are they going to chase me? How long is it going to be? How long, why have you forgotten me? But we see David in defeat and in despair. But we're about, we're going to see a change in just a moment. But listen, God uses difficulties in your life to purify, to perfect us. Listen, chaff is blown away by the storm. Fruit trees need not just the sun, but the rain. Listen, when it lightens, oh, that's good. Here just a few weeks ago. Our field was completely brown. The grass was dying. Trees are dying. And we water. But listen, the water, Tyler water's full of chemicals and chlorine and it can help a little bit. But I'm telling you, it didn't take but just a day of rain. Three, four, five inches. All of a sudden, grass perked up. Leaves on trees perked up. Because God knows the kind of rain we need. We needed the thunder. We needed the lightning. We needed the rain. We needed the storms in life because it makes us fruitful. Don't ever forget that God knows what he's doing David begins to have a pity party Oh, but he's about to shout for victory Because we've got to have a mindset change And we're going to see that in just a moment But listen, we're going to look Let's look at the four complaints first Because I'm telling you We all have had these same four complaints God Has forgotten about me God doesn't know What I'm going through. God must be taking care of somebody else. Because he just forgot me over here. Can I tell you today. God knows just right where you're at. How long you've been there. And how long you're going to stay. And the children of Israel were in bondage 430 years. But the Bible said they came out of bondage on the self same Day, The day that God had declared they would come out is the day they came out. You're not coming out a day before or a day after. You're coming out when God says you are. But we feel like sometimes that God has forgotten me. How long will you forget me, O oh Lord? And then he answers his own question. Forever? Isn't it amazing how we can jump to such... Drastic thoughts. Lord, how long are you going to forget me? Five minutes? Ten minutes? No, no. He just went straight to the most desperate. Forever. You're never going to remember me again. That's how we feel. But listen, can I tell you? Can, can God forget can, can, can God's omnipotence forget? Can God's unchanging loves forget? Can God's infinite faithfulness forget? Yet it seemed to David that God had forgot him in that moment. And though all of his past victories at this moment in time, in a time of discouragement and sadness and pity, he says, God has forgotten about me and he's never going to remember me again. God can't forget anything. It is impossible for God to forget about you. Scripture says, can a woman forget her sucking child that she shouldn't have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget you, says the Lord. The Lord said, It's almost impossible for a woman to forget her child, but even if that happens, I still won't ever forget about you. David said, God, it seems like you've hid your face from me. You ever felt, felt like God's playing hide and seek? You search for him, but you can't find him. You speak, and you can't hear him. You listen, you search, and he's nowhere to be found. How long, he said, how long, oh Lord, will you hide your face from me? It, it, sometimes it feels that way. It seems like God has turned away. But he said, Lord, how long? How long are you going to? Hide from me. When is it that you're going to come and present yourself? When is it that you're going to show up and deal with what I'm going through? But God, you know, God God doesn't get in a hurry. He doesn't usually answer those kind of questions. Usually, isn't it it sad? I hate it when I throw a pity party and I'm the only one shows up. I want people to show up with hats and whistles and celebrate my despair. Nobody seems to care. Not even my wife. She just said, "Suck it up and go on." (laughs) You know, it's amazing when you know. I've said I've said this many times. God is not necessarily moved by need. There's need all over the world. God sees it. He he knows, but He has set things in order. And things have a way that he, he, he set things in order, told, gave man dominion. And then he said, you take care of it. We've made a mess of it. And God sees it. But he's not running around just putting out every little fire. But what moves God is faith. We have need and God sees it. But it's faith that moves the hand of God to change it. And it's hard to have faith and pout at the same time. Because usually, our pouting turns into doubting. And the Bible says if you doubt, you're not getting nothing. You've got to believe. David said, how long? Well, 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 this is number three. How long will I have inner discouragement? How long are you going to, let's look at them. How long are you going to hide your face from me? How long am I going to have this inner discouragement? Isn't it amazing? Sometimes we can, we can be on the job. We can, we can even come to church. And we, we laugh and we smile and we look good and everything. But inside we are having such a struggle and we don't want anybody to know about it. Somebody says, how are you doing? Oh, I'm wonderful. But inside, we're hurting. David said, how long am I going to have this inner discouragement? He begins to point out the problem. How long shall I take counsel in my soul? Having sorrow in my heart daily. David's talking to himself. How long are you going to be sad? How long are you going to be discouraged? How long are you going to feel hopeless? How long are you going to be mad? How long are you going to carry unforgiveness? How long? He begins to speak to himself, and he's talking to his soul. And he says, I've got sorrow in my heart. Listen, you don't have to live in this world very long without, until you get some sorrow in your heart somebody's going to hurt you, somebody's going to disappoint you, someone's going to let you down. There's tragedy that happens on a daily basis that wounds us and hurts us to the, our very core. David is feeling this in how long? He's got into a spirit of despair and he's trying to cheer himself up, but he's not doing a very good job of it. He said earlier in 45, uh, he he said, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? But then he says, hope thou in God. We're beginning to get a vision of what it's going to take to turn, turn our pouting around. Another scripture, David, he said he encouraged himself. In the Lord. We all know that story. Zig lagging. City burned. Families taken. And the men wanted to kill him. But the Bible says he encouraged himself. Sometimes you're not going to have a preacher. You're not going to have a spouse. You're not going to have a co-worker. You're not going to have a friend to encourage you. Listen, there's plenty of people around to discourage you. But you might just have to get by yourself and encourage yourself in the Lord. Come on, don't just patty cake. Let's clap for joy. He said, listen, oh, I want to be the type of person that's an encourager to the discouraged. I want to be that friend because there's not a lot of them out there. Listen, get on Facebook and just throw a pity party or whine. You'll find a lot of people to join you. Because there's trouble in the world. People have things going on. But let's be the kind of friend that steps up and is an encourager. I want to be an encourager, not a discourager. Amen? But David reminded the devil. He he, he said another psalm, don't rejoice over me, O my enemy, when I fall, for I shall arise. Oh, it's time to tell the devil. Devil, I'm not going down. I'm going up. I'm not failing. I'm succeeding. I'm the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job said, naked I came in this world, naked I go out. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Whatever happened to him, whatever he went through, he's got to look and say, you know what? I don't understand it, but blessed be the name of the Lord. David, he has some issues, some trials How long will you forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I wrestle with my thoughts and have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemies triumph over me? These four things we see all the time. It's discouragement. It's failure. It's outside sources coming against us. And all of those things cause inner anguish and pain and sorrow and disappointment and discouragement and anxiety. But David, he, he, he has to have a mind change. You, you, you gotta have a paradigm shift. You, you gotta have something that switches. It's like a light switch. You walk in a dark room and you can't see and you don't know what's there. And sometimes the unknown is what's fearful, but we're smart enough and we have the uh, ability to flip. Uh, listen, I listen. I can't make electricity. I don't know how it all works. I know what it feels like to get shocked by it. But let me tell you what I do have the ability to do, and that is flip the switch. You don't have to understand it, you don't have to understand how it works, and know and, anything about it. You do need to pay your bill. Let's make that clear. If you don't, you can flip the switch and still nothing will happen. So you need to pay the bill. But after that, we have the ability to walk in a dark room and flip the light on. And the darkness disappears. And what we thought we were afraid of. Has anybody ever woke up at night and thought you heard somebody or something in your room? Yeah. That happened to Miss Amy the other night. Had a bad dream. Thought she heard something. Got up. Walked around to my side of the bed. Was looking in my closet. And then I woke up and somebody was beside my bed. Scared me. Don't be going sneaking around somebody's bed when they're sleeping. Nobody wants to be walking like that up in the middle of the night. But we've all had that. And usually what do we do? We turn the light on. And we look and we realize... There was nothing to fear. There was nothing there. Listen, we have such a vivid imagination and we, our emotions get caught up and all of a sudden we have all these things, but all you got to do is flip the light on. He is the light, amen, that shines in our darkness. His light shines in our fear. His light shines, uh, amen, and we realize there's no monster under the bed. It's just my wife. That's scary enough. Woo. She didn't get me, though. It was all right. I, re- I woke up and realized, it's not a monster. It's an angel. See how I fixed that? Yeah. I tried to fix it. <laughs> I better stick to the note. See, when I go off, I'm oh, I'm not going to say that. Teleprompter a prompter breaks, you never know what you're going to say. All of a sudden, David has a shift. The light comes on. He is sorrow, pity, discouragement. How long are you going to forget me? How long are you going to hide your face from me? How long am I going to be sad in my heart? How long are my enemies going to conquer over me? But all of a sudden, something shifts in his spirit. Faith begins to stir up. He begins to remember what God has done in the past. He remembers the lion and the bear and the Goliath. He remembers the faithfulness of God, and all of a sudden, he begins to change his tone of voice I told you last week whatever's in the well will come up in the bucket out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh and David is speaking doubt and fear and unbelief and it's beginning to get in him but all of a sudden he realizes greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world Proverbs says, like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a distant land. It refreshes your spirit. Oh, I'm telling you, there's no greater news than the gospel. There's no better news to a dying world, to a sad, depressed generation than the good news that Jesus saves and his blood washes whiter than snow. And though you may have sinned and though you may be on your way to hell, Amen. there's a man named Jesus who died on a cross and gave his life for you. And if you'll confess him and make him Lord of your life, he'll forgive you of all your past and give you eternity in heaven. There's no better news than that personal be able to change their confession and all of a sudden david begins to rejoice and david says in verse number five listen he pouted in four verses but it doesn't take but two verses to get him shouting it doesn't take you long Amen, when you realize what God has done and how good he is to get you up out of your despair and despondency and get you over into faith and victory. David goes from how long? How long? How long? Woe is me. God has forgotten me. God has not ever done anything until verse 5. But I trust in your unfailing love my heart rejoices in your salvation I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me oh hallelujah come on yes yes Lord David's tongue, amen, begins to give him praise right in the midst of human emotion and feelings and things that are legitimate. Amen. You've got to dig deep and begin to declare the praises of God. I will remember your salvation. I've told you this many, many times, but I never saw my father discouraged. I never saw him sad. I never saw him down. Now, as a pastor, as a preacher, I realize he had to have been. Because when you deal with people, people hurt you. People disappoint you. Problems come. You take on all the things and anxieties and all. And and there has to be times. There's times. Thank God he's always with us. He always brings us out. But I never saw that. But I remember him telling a story one time that he was. He was sad. He said, I was discouraged. Had no reason to be. Everything was good. But he was just having one of those days like David. And he was dry. He got in his car and he began to drive. And he was just sad. And he said he was sitting at a red light. And all of a sudden, just out of his mouth, he said out loud, I'm saved. And all of a sudden, he said it again. I'm saved. And all of a sudden, he realized... No matter how I feel, no matter what, God has not forgotten about me. I have salvation. I have eternal life. I have the one who died on the cross for me, living on the inside of me. And he said, all of a sudden, joy, amen, the joy of our salvation beginning to flood his soul. And he got happy. I'm telling you. Your pouting can turn to shouting when you just begin to remember the good things that God has done. David, with his tongue, began to rejoice. And David said, Psalms chapter 40, verse 3, David said, He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Oh, he has put a new... Anybody need a new song put in your heart? Some, some, some of you need to learn a new language. Your language is despair and despondency and doubt and fear. You need to learn the language of faith. You need to begin to speak, thus saith the Lord. You need to begin to speak uh, about your salvation and your healing and your deliverance and what God has done, and it'll turn the tide. Listen, there, there, there's a link between complaining and singing, there's a, a, a link between pouting and shouting. What can flip the switch? What can turn it around? How did he go from one to the other? Two things. First of all, he pleaded with God. He pleaded with God. He stated his case. Listen, sometimes you just need to come before God and just state your case. Did, did, did you know God's a big God and He can handle your emotions? People tell me all the time, it hey, hadn't been too long though. somebody, why don't you come to church? I'm mad at God. I said, So? The best place to be when you're mad at God is in church. Come to church and tell Him. You think you're going to offend Him? God's big, He can handle all your issues. He can handle your complaints. He can handle your unbelief. Well, I don't believe in God. Great, come on to church. The best place for you. Come on, sit here and tell God, I don't believe in you. Guess what? He believes in you. He can handle your unbelief. You're mad at God. Okay, come on. Tell him. Get right here. Come up here and just say, Lord, I'm mad at you. And watch his love just surround you. Your emotions, your feelings, your anger, your none, none of that changes God. David pleaded. His first step was he, he took the matter to the Lord. He laid it before God. He prayed over it. But the Bible declares, cast your cares upon the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. Remember the story of a man was riding a wagon, a team of mules, and bumpy road, and he passed a man carrying a big, heavy load a bundle of sticks on his back. The man in the wagon felt sorry for the man carrying the bundle of sticks on his back, and he stopped and said, Sir, may I give you a ride? The gentleman replied, Oh, thank you, sir. That would be wonderful. And so he helped him, and he got up in the wagon. As they began to ride along, after a few miles, the, the, the man driving the wagon looked over and realized the man still had the bundle of sticks on his back. He hadn't cast off his cares. Many of you climb up in the wagon. Many of you come to the house of God. Many of you have given your heart to Jesus But you never gave him your burdens. You're still carrying that doubt, that fear, that unbelief. You're carrying that anger. You're carrying that unforgiveness. You're carrying that heavy load. And you go, man, serving God is hard. Serving, Being a Christian is tough. No, it's not. When you unload your burden, when you cast all your cares on the Lord, when you come to the altar and you give him all your fears and your disappointments and your sadness and you leave them here and you walk out and you enjoy life. So many of us find it hard to do that. And when you're there, you need to plead your case to the Lord. Come on, tell him how you feel. Pour it out. How long, Lord? But then he trusted. It's one thing to plead your case. It's one thing to come to God and tell him all your problems. It's one thing to come and tell him what you're mad at and what you're angry, what you're upset and what you're hurt by and all that. But after you've done that, you have to trust him. When you walk in the house and you hear a message and you you, you feel like giving that to the Lord, but you walk out with it, what that tells me is you don't trust God. You think you can handle your problem better than he can. You think you can fix it more than he can. Because if you trust him, you'll give it to him. And when you give it to him, you're no longer carrying it. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. But some of you have a heavy yoke and a heavy burden. But if you'll trust him today, give it to him and let him carry it. Amen? David Having prayed and pleaded his case, trusted the Lord, and he said, I've trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Trust reconnected David to the presence of God. It allowed God to, because God inhabits the praises of his people. I hate to tell you, but God doesn't inhabit your pity. God doesn't inhabit your pouting. He inhabits your praises. So David, while David was saying, how long, how long, how long? The Lord was saying, how long are you going to whine and complain? But the moment David said in verse 5, but I will trust in your unfailing love. God said, I can do something with that. I can do something with that. I can get involved in that kind of confession. I can get In the middle of praise. Oh, how long? I'm going to remember your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing. Oh, when you begin to rejoice and then the Lord puts a new song in your heart and then you're unburdened by all of your cares uh, and then you're back to your chippy little self. People go, well, I just wish I could go back. Before being sucked up in the hose and washed in the water and blow. Well, we all want to go back before we had troubles. But we don't get to go back. We've got to go forward. What we've got to do is, yes, we remember. We avoid the vacuum from now on. (laughs) But we begin to sing a new song. Huh? Yeah. We begin to sing a song. From our heart, I have overcome the vacuum cleaner. I went through the washing of the water. I endured the heat of the blow dryer. And devil, I'm still sitting here on my perch. But I refuse to let you take my joy. I refuse to let you take my song. So you know what? I'll just sing a new song of praise. Look what the Lord has done. Well, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. It was just in time. So I'm going to praise his name. Each day is just the same. Come on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. That's what we've got to begin to look at the world and say, you know what? I've been through it. I've gone through it. It's ran over me. But you know what? I'm still here to testify. The Lord is good. Amen? you got to trust. But some people are hard to trust. I, I, I can't trust them because they haven't proven themselves Uh, a group of scientists and botanists were exploring a remote region of the Alps and they were in search of a particular flower and one day looking through the binoculars a flower of such rarity and beauty that they could never imagine to have found they found on a steep cliff in a little crevice They begin to look at it and research and figure out how they could get there. And they determined that they would have to let somebody down on a rope. A young boy who had lived in that area and was watching them came up and said, What's the problem? And they said, Well, we need to let somebody down, but everybody here is too heavy. Would you do it? Could we, you know, hook you up in this harness and we'll let you down and you go down and Pick this flower. The little boy took a long look at the deep, steep depth, and he studied it and finally he said, "I'll be back in a minute." A short time later, he returned, followed by an older gray-haired man. and the little boy said, I'll go over the cliff and get the flower for you. If this man holds the rope. He's my daddy. Listen, when you know your daddy's got the rope. When you know that your heavenly father is holding the other end. Listen, you're willing to go down in the depth. You're willing to do what you won't do. Because I'm telling you, everybody won't hold you up. Everybody doesn't have your best interest at heart. Used to work for my brother many years ago, Tate and Bedden. You know exactly where this story is going, don't you? We were working on a staircase, and there was a tall ceiling, and there was one spot that he couldn't reach but being the great engineering minds that we are, we took a two by 12 and stuck over the ledge, stacked a bunch of 50 pound mud boxes on the end, and then I sat on the mud box. Paul walks out like a diving board. And he's out there working on that ceiling. I'm sitting back here. I get bored. I start daydreaming. And all of a sudden, I thought of something I needed to do. And I guess I forgot about him out there on the end of the board because I got up and started to leave. And he started hollering, whoa, 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 whoa. And all of a sudden, I came back to my senses, and got back on the board and sat down. Sometimes you can't even trust your brother. (sighs) Oh, but you can trust your heavenly father. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's not going to let go of the rope. He's not going to get off of the board. Amen. He's got your back he is going to be with you he's going to stay with you we can trust him amen in good times and bad amen if you've been pouting if you've been saying Lord how long am I going to go through this how long is my heart going to be broken how long is this trouble going to come how long are my enemies going to overtake me I'm telling you today uh, let the Holy Spirit shift something in you and you begin to praise a living God who loves you and gave his life for you begin to say I rejoice." In my salvation. Amen. If you're not saved today. If you're watching online. And you've never given your heart to Jesus. You don't have anybody trustworthy. Holding the rope. Today is your day. To give your heart to Jesus. And allow him. Trust him with your soul. And he'll take your pain. And your anxiety. And your fear. And your worry. He'll take your sin. And he'll give you an eternal hope. And a life. And heaven As a destination. Amen. You've been pouting. But God wants you shouting. He wants you to remember the goodness of the Lord. I will remember. And I'm telling you what happened. All of a sudden David remembered. Wait a minute. God never left me. He's never forsaken me. He's always been here for me. He's never hid his face from me. I may have felt like it sometimes I may not have seen him Or heard him or felt him But he was always there And I trust him Today Will you put your faith in Jesus Will you put your trust in Jesus? Will you put your hope in Jesus? Listen, we all pout. We all go through troubles. There's things that legitimately are hurtful. And we go through them. But I'm telling you, either we focus on those things. Or we begin to look to the heels which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. And when we begin to look up, I'm telling you, he's looking down. And he's reaching down. And he'll pick you up out of despair and despondent he'll pick you up out of the muck and the mire and he'll set your feet on a solid foundation and you too can begin shouting amen from pouting to shouting amen from sorrow to joy from hopelessness amen to faith I'm telling you God can flip the switch and he can do it right now with every head bowed and every eye closed dear heavenly father I thank you for your presence today And I thank you for letting your arms of love and strength and hope, restoration and healing today extend to your people, those in this house and those watching online. And Heavenly Father, I ask today that you would take us from our pout to our shout. Lord, you see the trouble your people are going through, it's legitimate. Father, they're wounded, they're hurt, they're broken. And I ask you today to reach down and begin to heal their broken heart. The pain from that loss. The pain from that sickness and disease. That, that that depression, that fear and anxiety. Lord, that broken home, that, that wayward child. All those things that bring trouble to our heart. But Lord, let us look up today and remember the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. So today, I plead my cause. I want you today, just right where you're sitting, just under your breath, begin to plead your cause to the Lord. Remember what I said earlier? God can handle it. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't lie to God. He knows it. I want you right where you're sitting to pour your heart out, plead your cause. I want you to tell the Lord exactly how you feel, exactly what you're going through, exactly what you're mad at, exactly what's causing the pain in your life. Plead your cause to Him. understand why this happened to me Lord I don't understand why that person said what they did I don't know why they did that to me I don't know why that had to happen to me Lord I don't understand I'm mad about it come on plead your cause Pour, pour out your heart but now we got to make a shift. We can spend the rest of our life pouting and hurting and suffering and wallowing in despair, or we can turn our sadness and sorrow into praise. Well, I don't understand why it happened, but you are good. I don't know why they forsook me, but you'll never leave me or forsake me. So Lord this morning I want you to turn my pouting into shouting my sorrow into praise I'm going to put my trust in you I'm going to ask you to take a second step you just pleaded your calls to the Lord you're telling him you're still telling him Some of you have a very long list. It takes a while to tell him everything that's going wrong right now. But you need to make a decision today. Are you going to trust God? He loves you. He gave his son for you. He died for you. He rose again for you and he's coming again for you. Do you trust him to take everything that you're going through and work it for good? I'm going to ask you this morning, if you've been doing a little pouting, maybe it's minor pouting or major pouting. Maybe you've just been going through a little sadness or depression. But you say, Pastor, today I've been going through some stuff and it's kind of been getting me down, but I'm ready to turn my pouting into shouting. I'm ready to put my trust in Jesus. I need Him to turn it around.